It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com The truth has many dimensions. Even talking about it can be tricky. Truth can be a blunt instrument and at times a dangerous one. In some countries, even in our era, bearing witness to the abuse of authority can put truth tellers in prison or worse. It's also possible to be completely convinced that something is true and at the same time completely wrong. There are people in our world today who are ready to die or kill for alleged truths that are grounded less on the validity of their insights than on the false certainty generated by their resentments and fears. We have also learned through history that supposedly eternal truths can in fact go out of fashion or be wrong. The Earth is flat, the Sun is a golden chariot, Pluto is a planet, and women are the weaker sex. So truth is a complex topic, but for an educated person, it's an inescapable quest, searching and exploring the life of the mind. You cannot do that without trying to separate what is true from what is not. But this mission begins with an important premise, that we do not already know everything that there is to know. And that can be hard for many of us to admit. I was once in college myself, and this was about halfway between the invention of the iPad and the discovery of fire. Uh, at the time, I knew that I had an awful lot to gain from the words of my professors and from the books that they would assign, but I neither questioned nor doubted the fundamental values with which I had grown up. And this is the way it is for most of us. After all, the only completely open mind is an empty one. We all have our opinions and prejudices based on who we are, where we come from, what we've experienced, and how we've been taught. The key to further education is not to put aside what we think we know, but to employ that knowledge as a platform for learning more. And this means we should use our opinions to start discussions, not to end them. And it means that we should always leave a little room in our brains for ideas that we've not thought about before. And it means that we should never be fully satisfied hearing from and actually listening to other perspectives. These kinds of conversations allow us all to grow and to learn no matter where we are in life. Because if we're not learning, we're not living. What is so exciting is that in our era, the opportunities for exploration have multiplied. When I was a student, research was laborious, but it was not the only factor that slowed our pursuit of knowledge. 
In my class, almost everyone was American, Caucasian, and Christian. I was not an American yet. Even as you agitate to make the environment more inclusive, you have a diversity of backgrounds. I encourage you to continue taking advantage of these opportunities because in the 21st century, the pursuit of truth will surely be a global one. Consider for a moment some of the questions that the rising generation, both here and abroad, will have no choice but to confront. How can our leaders build a future of peace when so many nations and rival groups are still angry about the past? How can we fix our global system of institutions and laws so that we can shape events instead of being forced constantly to cope with burst economic bubbles, financial meltdowns, humanitarian crises, and genocide? How can we penetrate the thick wall of our own denial and recognize that human actions are a leading cause of climate change and that if we don't stop it, it will stop us? And how can we create a future of prosperity for the many between the rich and the poor? The principal challenges of the future are not going to be surmounted solely by any one country or small group. A new era of collaboration is required that will extend to every corner of the globe. And the responsibility for forging such a network does not belong to governments alone. Everyone must participate in solving shared problems, including corporations, academic institutions, religious leaders, civil society, and individual citizens. A summons of this nature is easy enough to proclaim, but it cannot be answered without a healthy approach to the truth. Because we're not going to have the kind of cooperation we need if anyone insists on his or her own narrow version of reality. To me, this is the great divide in the world today, not between liberal and conservative, rich and poor, or between any one race or creed and all the others. It is between people who have the courage to listen and those who are convinced that they already know it all. One of the great advantages of serving as Secretary of State was the perspective that it brought. It was my responsibility to defend U.S. positions, but also to listen. And I can tell you that the way the world looks depends almost entirely on your vantage point. For example, a resident of Claremont, California, will ordinarily have a far more favorable view of the police than a democratic activist who's trying to avoid arrest in Cuba or an African-American teenager in Cleveland. A child growing up in Pakistan will have a perception of history that varies widely from that of a boy or girl whose home is across the border in India. One's sense of urgency about world hunger will be affected by whether one lives in a nation whose families can't afford to buy bread or where diet books are bestsellers. The challenge for our leaders is not to eliminate the diversity of these perspectives because that's not possible. The challenge is to manage them and when necessary, moderate them so that we're not defined primarily by what keeps us apart. For perspective, South Africa's Nelson Mandela spent 27 years in prison. As a victim of racism and persecution, Mandela could have used that time to nurture his bitterness and to allow his anger to grow.
Instead, he used it to learn about the people who'd put him in jail, the Afrikaners. He studied their language, their history, their grievances, and their fears. By the time he was released, he was not only able to understand those who had imprisoned him, he was able to communicate with them, find common ground with them, forgive them, and most astonishingly, lead them. Nelson Mandela knew that the surest way to defeat his enemies was not to make them do what he wanted, it was to persuade them to want what he wanted. He led his jailers to a new understanding of their own best interests. In other words, he taught those who were blind to see. And in so doing, he reminded us all that we are, each and every one of us, at least partly blind. I'm not suggesting that any of you cast aside your own opinions or downgrade the value of your perspectives on life. I ask only that you make a real effort to keep learning more, and learning by definition means exploring areas of existence and opinion with which you are not already familiar. Instead of choosing to read or to listen only to the people whose views make you the most comfortable, which is becoming easier and easier to do, choose instead to study those who make you the most upset. Instead of surrounding yourself with friends whose experiences are similar to yours, reach out to people whose life stories are unknown. Instead of repeating over and over again the opinions you've expressed in the past, stop venting for a while and ask yourself why you believe as you do and submit your own conceptions of truth to the rigorous standards of critical thinking. Above all, I ask you to understand that there's an enormous difference between entering into an argument for the purpose of proving how smart you already are and engaging in research and discussion for the purpose of stretching your mind and giving free rein to your conscience. One path may earn you a reputation for brilliance, but the other will lead you toward real wisdom. In saying all this, I'm not conceding that all truth is relative or that every point of view has equal merit. On the contrary, I'm proposing that we place our greatest faith in principles that have proven themselves through decades of testing and struggle. These are principles that bring people together instead of driving us apart. Principles that challenge us to think not once but continually. Principles that demand the best from each of us while honoring the rights of all. These principles include a commitment to justice, belief in freedom, respect for the dignity of every human being, the capacity for forgiveness, and a desire to pursue the truth wherever that journey might lead. My advice to you is to make this new life an adventure. Don't settle for an old, well-worn path, and you may be surprised by the miracles you can achieve.